build compelling real-time apps quickly and scale them globally with the PubNub real-time network. Only PubNub delivers the core building blocks needed for any real-time application. Find out for yourself by signing up for free today. Visit PubNub.com. Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing, the most trusted podcast dedicated to the new business of location. everybody and welcome to this week in location-based marketing this is episode number 135 we're recording this live on summer solstice june 21st 2013 the longest day of the year and i'm pretty sure it's been a long day for a CFCon. my name is rob woodbridge from untether.tv located in ontario that's in ottawa the nation's capital with me as always from halfway around the world almost exactly halfway around the world quite literally Asif, where are you, buddy? In some hotel room. <laughs> I am. Uh, I'm in Singapore. It's Asif Khan from the Location Based Marketing Association, all the way over here in Singapore, a whole twelve hours ahead of you. So it's actually the uh, well, it, it, it's the twenty first here. Uh, Near the end of the day, though. As, but it's the end of the day. So uh, yeah, it's been a long day. Uh, every day is a long day out here. It seems. Uh, with, uh, yeah, with all, with the trade show and so on that's going on, but uh, but it's been a good trip. So you in Singapore? Yeah, it's it's like it's bright and early in the morning here for me. It's at the end of the day for you. The uh, this trip, which is you, this is the first leg. You're off to China in the morning. What? Uh, let's let's talk about this for a second. How has this been? Like you know, this is not your first. It, this isn't your first trip to Singapore, is it? No. Yeah. So I mean, what are you uh, seeing out there? Well, well, I, the main reason I came out here is for the communication show, which is the largest. Um, Trade show, conference, exhibition, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, yeah, you know, and for technology within the Southeast Asian market. So about fourteen thousand people uh, at this show, tons and tons of exhibitors, um, and broadcast technology, um, you know, mobile technology, marketing. I mean, a whole mix of things. So uh, it's kind of like uh, the CBIT show or Comdex, but very focused, uh, or, or even CTIA, uh, but very focused on Southeast Asia. Uh, and, and so, so it's been really good. Uh, I came out here as part of the Canadian um, contingent, uh, if you will, uh, from um, uh, Ontario and Quebec and BC. Uh, all had companies out here, and uh, so we were part of that. Alberta as well had a couple. Um, so that's been interesting to just connect with those folks and see what they're doing, and a whole mix of stuff. Not just, I mean, obviously focused on mobile and carriers, uh, but everything from you know us doing location-based marketing stuff to a company called Hydrogenics that was with us that's doing you know backup power systems for carriers using hydrogen energy to you know um, uh, guys like NetSweeper that who are doing you know carrier grade uh, filtering at, at the packet level um, you know so so a whole bunch of different stuff um, so it's been really interesting the best part for me is the way the trade show floor is structured is by by country, so there, there's an entire area for Singapore. Obviously, it's the biggest one. Um, there's a Malaysian area. There's a Korean area. There's a you know so on and so forth. And uh, and so for me, it's been that ability to kind of go around each of these areas, spend some time, you know, look at all the different uh, companies that are in there, and find the ones that are you know doing mobile marketing or location based uh, stuff. And and it's been neat to kind of like just be able to go there and kind of pull them out and say, hey, let's go, have, let's go have a chat and see what you guys are doing. And, and so that, that's happened a lot. Um, and that's been really, really good. 
there been anything that you've noticed like you know we, we often talk about this being the global play that's happening right now location is this global play and we know that quite 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 uh, quite extensively and for those who have watched or listened to this for quite some time you know that that's all we've talked about but has there been anything out there that surprised you that that is is uh you, you know you'll take back with you to canada and and start talking about more often as a result of of seeing it there like are, are they is, is what's going on there more advanced than what we're seeing in north america or are we on par I think we're on par, and surprisingly so. I mean, so much of the news and the media that we hear comes out of the U.S. and Europe, uh, you, you know, and, and what I was happily surprised or just validated, I guess, you sort of, I, like, I mean, we're a global entity, so we, we, we get snippets and insights, but uh, to actually be here and meet with the people uh, is a different level of engagement. And uh, so a good example was... Um, I, uh, yesterday, I met a guy uh, who runs a company in uh, in Brunei, uh, and uh, you know, a tiny little nation like Brunei, and uh, they've got a, a whole location-based suite of of tools and apps. Uh, but their focus is on on enterprise applications, like B two B applications, um, primarily. And uh, one one of their applications, and we'll talk about this on a, on a future show. Uh, we'll, we'll get them on and, and so on. But uh, is is for insurance. So basically. Um, you know the insurance company buys buys this this software from these guys. They uh, they have an app for the insurance company. Uh, if you have uh, car insurance from this company as a, as a consumer, you you have this app with you. When you're in a car accident, you uh, you basically um, you know trigger the app. You use the app to snap the photos and report your uh, your accident in and do all of that. And then literally based on location data coming off of that uh, you know off of that service. Within ten minutes, an adjuster sent out to your car um, to uh, to work with you. I mean, that's what these guys are. And this is in Brunei, yeah. like uh, you know. But but there's no visibility to that, you know, in the rest of the world, right? Unless you're living in Brunei and you're you know you're a customer of that insurance company, you don't have a clue. And that's the thing, like. And so I've seen that over and over again this week with different different countries and different companies and. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just been really good. Let me ask you, though, is the fact that, um, you know, we're, we're going to talk about uh, Google's Project Loon later on as well. And, and uh, you know, the you know the, the desire to, to connect everybody on the planet, which is Google's mantra. More people on the planet means more revenue for Google eventually. But um, because of the fact that the proliferation of mobile devices is so strong in Asia, um, Singapore, obviously, Asia, the Far East, Africa, India, I mean, are, are they, are they, this is a normal service for them. This isn't out of the ordinary for them. This isn't that they, you know, they never got a, a you know, a really used to the big screen broadband experience for the most part. So this is a natural extension, a more natural extension for them to be able to use these devices to do those things. Then it seems like in North America, like it, it takes a little bit more prodding and, and probing and pushing for a consumer to do this. It, it, the interesting thing here is, is it's different in different markets. Yeah. So in Singapore, for example, there's virtually no billboards or digital digital advertising uh, like we would have in North America. But you go over to the Philippines or Malaysia, there's there's billboards yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Um, so even within the region, there's there's big differences in that context. Uh, and on the on the phone side of uh, uh, things, it, it's uh, in a lot of the markets, it's a um, it, it's very similar to Latin America in some ways, where you have kind of a two tier uh, economy. So you've got the, the vast majority of people it's still on, on feature phones, right. um, not on smartphones. And those who do have smartphones actually turn off all of the, uh, the feature sets. Uh, so they have the smartphone only for vanity purposes, 
right? Uh, it's, it's a status symbol uh, for a lot of people. So, so, that's, uh, so that's what's happening in a lot of the markets here. Not in Singapore. Singapore is definitely smartphone enabled, but uh, in a lot of the other markets around here, like in the Philippines and Malaysia and, and places like that, that's not the case. Oh, it's, it's so interesting. Is that, I love that. I mean, it's, it's a status symbol, and it always is. I mean, when you, when you carry a BlackBerry in Africa, it's a status symbol. When you carry an iPhone in India, it's a status symbol, and it's different here. I mean, it might be commonplace for us right now. In North America, but but certainly the pervasive connectivity and, and the affordability um, is uh, is a huge factor. But I'm I'm always interested in that. Is that you know are they is is a is a country that was never used to broadband connectivity with a big screen more adept, more agile in accepting and using these services like mobile banking? We've obviously seen that. So you know the insurance yeah. adjuster is it is is that is there less of a barrier for their customers to use this than there would be in North America? I think so. I think so because you you don't know what you didn't have exactly. Before. You never got used to the fat screen, right? Which is what I call it. So, well, you were telling me yeah. that there's a uh, an incredible um, pollution that is just kind of uh, enveloping it's, Singapore. Is, it, talk talk about that for a second, just you know, out of curiosity, because yeah. this is pretty huge. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like you, you wake up every morning here, and you you just step out your door, and uh, you can just smell, uh, and you just you're just completely overwhelmed by. What they what they refer to everybody here calls the haze, um, and, and uh, literally like you 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 can't see the next building uh, across the street. Uh, it's so thick, um, and it's uh, it's an annual thing. It's the worst it's ever been apparently uh, than any previous years. Um, and so what happens is in in Indonesia uh, they uh, they burn all the uh, the farmland to clear uh, space for for the new crop. Uh, and basically, because of the way the the wind blows, all of that smoke that's coming off of you know those those fires is coming to Singapore, um, and uh, and that's what creates this haze. And and it's uh, it's a shame because uh, you know when you've got fourteen thousand people here uh, for a show uh, and you want to showcase your city, uh, you know this this is what they get. Um, not good. Not good timing. Very hard. And I know a, a friend of mine, Harley Finkelstein, is the chief platform officer at uh, at Shopify was there for uh, over the last couple of days as well because Singtel is now uh, working with Shopify to bring uh, Shopify into Singapore. Um, and he said the yeah. exact same thing. I threw up a picture just a second ago about what it looked like at night. It was like a just a, a dense fog or haze around the city. And it's uh, and I've seen that in, in Thailand and Bangkok as well, but that's just because of the exhaust that comes out of all of the uh, the cars. But it's it's too bad. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. I want to I want to reach out to uh, a guy by the name of uh, Tom Tierney, who's the VP Sales at uh, Evidence Picks in Chicago. Uh, corrected me last week uh, on uh, for the episode last week. We talked about uh, Navtech being acquired by Nokia, and I said flippantly that it was three billion dollars, and he corrected me. It was eight point one billion dollars that acquisition in two thousand and eight. And on the subject of whether Navtech will actually be acquired, he says, look, it's not going to happen simply because Nokia has made the strategic investment to put location into yeah. uh, all of their mobile capabilities. And it's too strategic and it's an essential uh, service for them. And it's a unique identifier. And, and uh, who knows, maybe at some point when if Nokia, when if Nokia should fall, if you listen to Tomi Honan, it, it's only a matter of days uh, um, and it's always a matter of days um, because of Stephen E. Lop as the CEO. Yeah. But perhaps that that becomes in play right now. But eight point one billion dollars is hard to swallow for any company, especially when you're talking about a Waze acquisition of one billion. So, Tom, thank you for correcting me. I implore you if I say something that's wrong or offensive, do what Tom did. Just reach out in any of the ways that uh, that you can. He did it through LinkedIn. Uh, do it any way you can, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, and uh, disagree with me if uh, you feel so compelled. Right. So. 
Yeah. We have a good show. Um, we have a, a unique uh, t take on our app that we're going to talk about Instagram and uh, video. We've got five stories. Our guest this week is Mike Susi, who is the uh, co-founder of a company called Revolve, and they unify your smart home on your smartphone. This is a pretty cool example. He's just going to a, a brief clip of, of a longer interview that I did with him on, on Taylor.tv. And of course, we're going to talk about uh, our resource of the, of the week is about this, uh, the connected car, which is apparently a big industry. So if I don't know if you know that. I think we've been only been talking about it as the second dashboard for life uh, for all of yep. our episodes here. So we're going to be talking about that, the validation that's coming through from that. Um, but our first play... Apparently we were right. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's been listening. You know, I, 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 I can't find this. I, I, I wrote into Internet World, a magazine, maybe 1997, and because uh, they were talking about the connected car and how ridiculous it sounded. And I said, my God, this is going to be the greatest thing when you can buy, uh, you know, um, movie tickets on the way to the movie ahead of time from your car. Or you can get radio streamed from your car and you can do all these things independent of your car. And I, I sent them a letter, a letter to the editor for that. And, and I wish I could find it because it would just validate the fact that, yes, I, in fact, I, I'm, I may know a few things or, I'm, you know, I saw this happening a long time ago. It's the one thing that I'm clinging to and I can't find that episode, that issue. So... I'll dig it up, but uh, I believe in the connected car. I believe in what they're doing and the 3G connectivity to the cars is, uh, or the LTE connectivity to the car is insane. We covered that a couple of weeks ago. I mean, just another thing for the carriers to, uh, you know, reach into my pocket. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, let's start um, with, with our app of the week. Uh, this is, it's not a new app, but it's a new feature of the app. It just was launched. Uh, today is Friday when we're doing this recording. That's the 21st. It launched yesterday. It's the 20th. Uh, it was Instagram video. Uh, so Vine, obviously, Vine is, uh, was acquired by Twitter, took the world by storm for these six-second little videos that, that, quite frankly, I mean, some of them are funny and, you know, some of them are interesting, but but uh, it's just another thing that ultimately I have to check, and it uh, and they're in a loop and they're annoying, and and sometimes it drives me crazy. Um, I'm not a big fan of Vine. Uh, there are some marketing uh, components to this that are very unique, and some communications components that are very unique. But um, Instagram wasn't going to take this sitting down. Facebook and Instagram, so they created obviously Instagram Video. So they've just released this version, the new version of Instagram with this. It's 15 second videos. The key differentiator with this is that obviously you can take the videos same way. Basically, you hold down your screen to record. You let go of your screen to stop recording. You hold it down, and it's continuous for 15 seconds. The difference, is, though, is that you can apply real-time filters, right? So you can apply a filter like a black and white filter or a number of filters that they've got. And then you can also go in there and edit out the things you don't like and reshoot them. So it's like you can do 15 seconds, but you can do 15 seconds of produced video versus Vine six seconds of just kind of shoot, 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 publish, right? So it's it's a unique enough service. Um, and 15 seconds of video might be that, um, you know, there was a... a, 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 a 15seconds.tv, which was a service, a, a company, many, a, you know, maybe two or three years ago that was trying to do this, didn't have the mass market that Instagram does have. But this is a, I, I don't know, what's the implication of this, do you think, on, on location? And I think that that's the most important thing. Location marketing uh, and location tagging and the, the use of that data or the use by brands to use uh, Instagram to be able to uh, to capture something. What, what do you think the implication yeah, of this is? I, so, so... I like it. Uh, first of all, I think I think video. We all know that uh, you know video is growing by leaps and bounds. Uh, a huge uh, part of uh, traffic on mobile uh, across mobile networks now is video, uh, and that and that's not you know it's only growing. The interesting thing to think about here is that you know Instagram is owned by Facebook, and and 
you know, when you post anything to Facebook now, whether it's a photo or a video or anything else, you know, you have that ability to, um, you know, identify where where you where your where this video was created or where 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 you're posting it from and all that kind of stuff. So there's there's certainly a location element to it, um, and there there's seems to be already. Um, you know, even though the acquisition is is still pretty fresh for Facebook, um, but there seems to be already this um, notion uh, within the Facebook community of of location sharing, um, you know, being an acceptable thing more so than uh, on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. So if if we're contrasting Vine versus so. in, uh, uh, Instagram's video capabilities, I think the number of people who are going to be willing to share location with a video. Uh, will be much higher in the Facebook community than than in the Twitter community, uh, at least right now. Twitter's not doesn't seem to be doing a ton to encourage people to to do that. Um, it hasn't been a core focus. I mean, it's it's a feature, it's available, but uh, they're not really out there focusing on it. Whereas with Facebook, every time you post, the, you know, you get the thing saying, you know, do you want to share your location with? Yeah. Me? Um, and, and people are doing it. Um, in fact, there's uh, from uh, our stats now on from a Facebook mobile perspective, um, you know, th there's there's something like uh, 38 uh, or 40 million uh, people uh, who are who are now you know actively sharing location all the time. So uh, you know, against you know, Foursquare is 30 yeah. million, right? So yeah. so that that's a pretty good number. Well, I just I just did a Vine here and or not a Vine, an Instagram video, and I'll, like I'll show you like. You know the quality is seems to be fine, um, and yeah. I, I applied a black and white filter. And I'll throw this up online. It's not going to be very interesting for anybody. You get a nice little tour of my studio, and uh, you know it's not it's not very exciting. But but the the thing is that maybe you're more apt at becoming a better producer as a result of this. Like the videos, the vines are, uh, unless you're Gary Vaynerchuk, who does some amazing uh, vines, they're very funny. Um, and they're very succinct. And I like the fact that you got this message, but it's so funny the way that they describe it. It's like six seconds is the shortened version. 15 seconds is the elongated version. It's like the long form of the video. And, and here we do, I mean, untethered.tv does 60 minute videos, deep, deep, deep dives. And it's a, yeah. it's a attention deficit uh, uh, component that, that drives me crazy. But but I think that there is a marketing component here for a very strong marketing component here for uh, for there this. There is, and, and you have to also have to think about it from the monetization perspective, in the sense that uh, if you're a brand and, and you want to do these types of videos um, and you want to, you know, invest in in creating them and so on, uh, and you turn to an agency, well, the agency is going to say, well, we want to do a 15 second video because they can charge a lot more for that than they can for a six second yep. one, right? Yep. So. Uh, so from that perspective alone, I think there's a lot more money in it potentially for uh, for Facebook. Well, and and uh, oftentimes you think that a 30 second pre roll is too much, and uh, you know, especially in the video world and in uh, mobile world, and maybe this 15 second. Now, I don't like the way that they've integrated it into the stream. Is that I'm you know I used to be able to flick through my Instagram stream and and focus on a photo, but now it's like the it just plays automatically, and if my music you know if the volume is up, it it uh, it, it plays out loud. So there's there's things to work out here, but I do believe that this is an opportunity, obviously, for uh, a deeper opportunity for brands for for better engagement. But um, if if the gap start sending me video of summer dresses because that's what's on sale I will leave Instagram in a second that's that's the challenge right is that it's got to be balanced can't be overt the way that uh, the way that email is so your cross-dressing days are long over right? well it's a, it's a rant don't get me started yeah exactly uh, I 
don't don't get me started all right so yeah that's instagram video if you have any thoughts on that if you're using it uh, let us know you can actually hit us up with an instagram video just add us in the uh you know in the in instagram and and we'll watch it and maybe we'll even play it online if it's clean 15 seconds all right so we've got five stories here we're going to cruise through these five stories we've got obviously our guest in mike susie and our resource of the week our first story here asif uh, a company called Single Touch, kind of getting into the business of 2009. Is that a good way to describe it? That's <laughs> one way to oh, describe yeah, yeah. it. Um, yeah, so Single Touch uh, launches a uh, product called Follow Me uh, location-based mobile ad service. Wait, 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 wait. This is revolutionary. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, revolutionary. Location-based ads? Um, what? 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 Yeah, yeah I, you know. It, you know, so these guys, Single Touch has been around for a long time. Uh, they're, uh, I think they're a public company. Um, if, if, if I'm not uh, wrong on that, I think they're a public company. Uh, these guys are, you know, coming out of SMS, uh, MMS, uh, premium SMS, all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's that's been their space forever, and that's a market that is in definitely in decline, uh, especially in the U.S. and in North America in general, um, and, and so. You know, I, I look at this and go, you know, they, they still got a good solid customer base. There's a solid company here. Uh, they're, you know, recognizing decline in their market uh, in terms of, you know, available, oppor- you know, opportunity there within the, the their their core base. And here comes this thing that's projected, you know, location-based uh, services and marketing to be a $2.8 billion market uh, by 2015. And uh, Single Touch is saying, hey, we got to get in on this. We got to be part of this thing. You know, so... So they've launched this uh, this uh, ability to geofence uh, properties and deliver uh, SMS uh, based on that. I mean, you know, the carriers are doing this. We know that. Uh, you know, PlaceCast has been powering carriers to do this. We got guys doing, uh, you know, like Urban Airship and, and others doing, you know, you know, playing in this space. Uh, this is a big space, um, and, and people have been in it for three, four years now. Um, and, and here comes, uh, you know, one of the sort of the incumbents from the SMS side. Uh, coming into coming into it as they're well. also doing they're doing location based ads as well. They're not pushing just SMS, right? SMS is their business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, um, but but I love the way that they they put this is that uh, you know it's marketing spin and this is like you know whether this is a good idea or not whether this is a laggard uh, you know an incumbent moving into a different business and and uh, I joke because you know this service was you know you were innovative if you're doing this in 2009 now you're just catching up if you're doing it in 2013 and you might actually be, be too late. Um, as people realize that uh, that certain specific banner ads and mobile advertising doesn't isn't really quite as effective as it was hoped, um, but uh, the way that they position this is that single t- single touches follow me ads can reach eighty seven percent of the U S mobile market and deliver ads across all content categories within both the Android and iTunes app stores. It's like that is there's a load of horse shit. It just means that any app, which is the majority of the apps that accept ads in these two platforms, because that's how people are monetizing, is freemium with right. ad supported. Um, like no, they can't reach eighty seven percent of those people. They can't, and they can't. It, that no. number doesn't matter. You know, if I'm standing on the corner of uh, you know first and forty second, that's the addressable. Yeah. Uh, that's a total. Addressable but market. but it's like no. you know the only addressable market are the nineteen people that are around your business that you can drive that you you want to attract Absolutely. into your business. 100%. Yeah. So I mean these these stats. That's what drives me crazy is that no you can't like you're not going to get the world walking into your place of business. The number, that huge number, the hundreds of millions of people that carry these devices, billions of people that carry these devices and they have apps that allow this don't matter 
other than that person that's standing in front of your window that is trying to make a buy decision, right? It's that person that you want to get. So that's what drives me crazy is that this kind of bullshit, they don't understand the business, which means I don't have a lot of faith in what these guys are doing. And uh, call yeah. me out on this, but... The, only, the one thing I, I do like about this, though, is is, is the ad uh, piece of it. They're, they're, they partner with uh, the mobile yeah. audience, yep. too. So th this is this is real-time bidding yeah. that's going on here for, for, these, for, for this ad network stuff. So yeah. I, uh, I do like that totally agree. because there's not enough of that going on yet but that's the, in, in the way uh, mobile and location ads are, are well, happening. That's the unique factor right there is the real-time bidding, right? Is that it's not what these the service that these guys are offering. It's that real-time bidding service. So maybe that's the bigger story here. But uh, single touch, single touch. Single touch, stop bullshitting everybody. Just tell people what you're doing and uh, and do it properly. 87% of the market, you don't have to track those. If you want to talk to your customer, which is that local business, tell them that you're going to bring business in. It's the nine people that you need to talk to that you're going to bring in and target that. Don't don't go all crazy with ridiculous stats about targeting 87% of the Android and iTunes market. It's ridiculous. And anybody who listens yeah. to that, shame on you. You need a Steve's help or you need my help to figure out what your strategy is. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, it just goes against the, 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 the even the base nature of what location-based marketing is. Eighty-seven percent is a mass market, yeah. not a hyper-local yeah. market. Yeah, I want, I want to touch. I want so, to touch on the like the thirteen percent of the people that I can reach. Right, I want to increase my business by that. So bring them in from the street, not from freaking Asia. I, I don't care if they're in Texas and I'm in New York. I, I don't care about them knowing about my. It's just anyway. That kind of stuff, yeah. wrong for the industry, wrong approach to this, wrong marketing message, wrong everything. Maybe the service is good, but it's it's been ruined for me. So look, single touch, if you are out there and you want to defend this, man, I'm ready. Bring it. That's our first story. All but right. if you're interested in them, go to, go to singletouch.net. Singletouch.net. <laughs> and uh, we hope that they, they can uh, hone their message just a little bit. And if they need some help, hey, you know what, Asif and I, we do this for a living. They can reach out to us. All right, our second story. This this is uh, you know a, a a great service. We're starting to see these all over the place. I am a parent of two children, not of age yet. When I let them out of the house without my supervision, that happens when they're what 22, 23? When you when you actually let them go out of the house without without uh... the, the the first time you yes. mean before they come back. Again. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I kick them out and they come back in their thirties and stay till their fifties. Um, yeah. So, you know, there is a there's a huge market that's emerging right now, especially in the location tagging, the location awareness, especially in families. The concern uh, over uh, your children's safety is incredible now compared to what it was maybe 30 years ago when we were growing up. Uh, I was growing up. Um, so talk about this company called, you know, uh, they're partnering with Esri, which is great about actually uh, family tracking, which is I, 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 I like this. But you know, I don't want to be that parent that uh, that that does this. But secretly, I will be that parent that does this. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think I will be too. We well, have daughters, um, man. You know, we're just living in a different society than we lived yeah. in. Uh, you know, when as you said, when 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 we were growing up, it's a different generation now. Um, you know, the, the, we just need to be more concerned yeah. about about safety. Period. And I think in some countries, you know, outside North America, this is you know. This would be like every day, uh, you know, uh, just the way we would think, anyways. Uh, in, in some markets, right? Uh, you know, in the Middle East and other markets and places like that, uh, where you know it's just historically more conservative, anyways, um, than in North America. So, so you know, th this whole space of family tracking applications or enterprise applications around uh, tracking family is is a big space. I mean, we've seen you know location labs and guys powering up carriers in the U.S. 
to offer these kinds of things. So you can you can buy these already, uh, you know, services like this from guys like uh, you know Verizon and, and Sprint and so on. Um, so that's one thing. Now what we have here is you know, which is a company that is has been in, in what they call parental intelligence systems. That's their their category. That's just, that's just short that. for like spying on your kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah spying yeah, on your yeah, kids. Yeah. Parental intelligence yeah. systems. P I S um, piss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they've been at this for a while, uh, and that's probably like uh, traditionally for them. That's probably I, I honestly didn't didn't uh, didn't didn't go in deep into this company to be fair, but it's probably things like uh, you know uh, blocking websites and all that kind of stuff uh, that you would do normally on, on, in an online world. And now they basically partnered up with Esri, uh, and they created something you call You Know Locate, uh, which is um, uh, part uh, being integrated into into a service that they already have called You Know Kids, um, and, and so this is a straight up normal tracking location based yeah. service. They're using the uh, Esri uh, Geo Trigger uh, API service uh, to power this up. So they create geofences, uh, or you as a parent can create geofences. Uh, so you might put it around your home or your school or your you know your kid's friend's place. Uh, and you know when when they when they leave the house, you get an alert if that's what you set up. When they're you know uh, leaving school, you get an alert if that's what you set up. Or you know whatever it is that you define the parameters around that geofence, but it's the ability to know where your kid is. Yeah. Simple yeah. as that. Makes it makes absolute sense to me. Um, you know uh, certainly when you when you start to think about the. The implications of this, like home is not so much. So, you know, Rogers here in Canada is offering this service when, you know, you get notifi notification when people walk in the door and walk out of the door, they get a snapshot of, uh, they have a home um, security system now, right, with a camera so that when somebody walks in the door, you get a snapshot of the door uh, of who that is walking in the door and, you, you know, you feel safe. But I like the idea that I can put parameters around. I don't have daughters. So, you know, I, I think that it's it's great that for for uh, for parents with daughters who are concerned about it, say like, hey, listen, uh, you're 13, you should never be at this boy's house. Notify me immediately when you walk in, <laughs> when you get into a proximity of that guy's house, because I will be there with a shotgun. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but I don't have girls, and I think that my boys will be the boy's house that the parents rail against, right? Uh, just based on my my children's uh, path, and I think it's it's pretty funny to be that. But the I, I, I like this. I, you know, I, I, th these services are going to be prevalent. I, I think at some point, though, they, they are consumed by the carriers or consumed by the, uh, by, uh, the uh, uh, phone manufacturers and the operating system. And I think that yeah. at some point, somebody buys these guys because of this service. And I think that it's, uh, it's, it's a very valuable service, um, especially for, for paranoid parents. Yeah. Like this guy over here. There you go. So, you know, Anyways, you know, dot com. Keep, keep, keep powering stuff like this up and, uh, I you know I, I I think it's a good one. Yes. The category is a good one. Uh, It'll general. be interesting because like when you oh and by the way well, sorry, sorry while we're on yeah. that to talk you know to talk talk about Asia, um, so one of the companies I met out here happens to be a Canadian company but they're operating uh, you know in Southeast Asia as well is 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 this service called Famzy uh, and it's a subscription service same kind of thing um, you, you can get a little card like this 12 month subscription uh, for a user and again it's a family tracking location based family tracking uh, service so there's plenty of these out yeah. there and, and in every city and I think that what's going to be interesting though is that if you take like the um, 
we were talking about single touch and that uh, location-based marketing initiative where you take that and you put it up together with something like you know, and then you put the two together and it's like, hey, your daughter's about to go into this guy's house or in, in proximity like that. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole bunch of services that you can do like bail bondsman, call the police, get a gun, you know, call a cab. So there's an opportunity for uh, for single touch to move into that market and, and uh, help concerned parents about uh, targeted advertisement sure. to the concerned parent, right? All right, enough joking around. Right. Youknow.com. That's you, the the, the letter U, uh, no, K-N-O-W.com. If you're interested in looking a little bit more of that. Third story. Massive, massive. Like, you know, when we when we think of media these days, uh, there is no, uh, it, it's so cross-pollinated. There is no television only, newspaper only, magazine only, radio only. There is, or, there is no more of that. It is all blended. Newspapers are getting into video. They're getting into, obviously, deep into digital with apps and websites. Radio stations are moving into websites and apps. And the same thing with television stations. They're getting into the second screen experience on the web and on mobile. It, it is blended. There is no such thing as siloed media anymore. So this is a company called Gannett. They acquired, uh, it's Bellows TV stations. This is a big deal. It's a two-plus billion-dollar acquisition um, of a huge number of uh, television stations across the United States. This is really that uh, that blending of print, television, media across the United States. It it really propels uh, you know Gannett into a into a stratosphere of uh, of media ownership, doesn't it? Yeah, this is this is a huge deal, um, and it kind of speaks to you know for me when you look at location and you look at the whole hyper local opportunity really being about integrated media and about you know wherever somebody is right now and whatever media happens to be in front of them uh, and Gannett you know understands that um, obviously you know print is uh, as a standalone market is 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 uh, is still declining uh, but when you start to combine it with mobile and you start to combine it with television and and you know all that um, you know and, and take content from one and, and push push that content to another you can start to realize, you know, some interesting opportunities. So, with this deal, they acquired 21 uh, TV stations. Um, uh, 14 of, of them, I believe, are no, sorry, 21 of them are, are all 21 of them are are uh, in uh, some of the top uh, markets in, in terms of geographic markets uh, in the U.S. Um, and the uh, interesting thing about this is, uh, 14 of them uh, also have community sites. That are associated with those TV stations. So you know these are destination sites that you know people that live in those communities go to for their news and information and their whatever that's specific to their local city and or their local you know district or borough or whatever it is uh, you know that it's representing. And that's an interesting play because that's the market that Patch AOL's Patch has been in for a long time. And so now you have Gannett with this acquisition. You know, moving in some respects also against Patch. So, so they're they're in the TV market. They're obviously in the newspaper market. They Gannett owns USA Today and a whole bunch of things like that. And then you have now also you know playing in this hyper local news, you know, from an online perspective, you know, with things like Patch and deals, right? Because Patch has deals as well. And so Gannett already owns uh, has for for a while now uh, a company called Deal Chicken. Which is their, uh, you know, their sort of Groupon, if you will, or local, you know, local mobile deal uh, piece. Uh, so it's a location-based mobile deal piece, um, and and they have a partnership um, as part of all of this with a company called DataSphere, 
Um, and Data Sphere is a company that, that I know well out of Seattle, and uh, they're the ones that basically do all the sales and, and find all the deals and, and, and put these sites and, and the content all together around this kind of stuff. So, you know, th this is a really good fit because Data Sphere you know, was already doing that for Bellow. They already, were already doing it for Gannett. Now they're, you know, economies of scale come together and you start to see some interesting opportunities. So. And, and uh, with this acquisition, it's uh, it kind of puts Gannett into the nation's fourth largest owner of the Big Four Network affiliates. We just showed that screen, that uh, graph up there. It's this is ahead of NBC and ABC, so behind CBS and Fox. Um, and I think that this is one of these. Uh, the blended nature of this is so 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 important, uh, and the local piece. Now, it, it, this is where it gets very interesting with these t these. Um, Television, Bellows television stations, the local affiliate, they were mostly being, you know, they were mostly pushing events out and uh, local events. And, and it would be interesting to see how they actually really capitalize on the local side of it. Because up here in Canada, we had um, Can West, which was, um, which was a huge, I mean, they did this. They bought newspapers, you know, they've spun it out or they went bankrupt, in fact, and Post Media emerged from this. And this is where Canada's largest uh, newspaper uh, publisher but they owned the publisher across the nation uh, with, I think, 13 daily newspapers. They owned uh, a whole bunch of magazines in there as well. And they owned uh, Global, uh, which was our national, really, uh, you know, a national broadcast uh, network where they had, um, you know, it was the number one broadcast network across Canada. And they tried this uh, maybe five years ago and uh, six years ago. And, and it went it went bankrupt. It went horribly wrong um, because, you know, what maybe the timing was wrong. Maybe this timing will be better. It's very competitive in there, but I, I always wonder about that local layer is that it's the hardest nut to crack right now, which is the local, 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 the hyper local stuff, because it's very expensive produce to produce. And uh, the uh, it's very expensive to uh, to purchase advertising into that space. So, you know, maybe they can do it a little bit better, but it, it's something that they have to do. And uh, and. I, I don't have an answer for this other than, you know, at some point, uh, this homogeny of media becomes one big pot and somebody has to emerge from this with a unique flavor or else the same thing will happen that happened with CanWest is that you, you can't afford to sustain it and you start cutting, homogenizing the content and then it's no longer local. So hopefully this doesn't happen with Gannett, but... Um, but you know, ultimately, I think the owners of the uh, of the newspaper, the local owners, are always the better way to go. Like I believe that your local newspaper should be owned locally, so that it has that local flavor. So I, I don't know if I'm a big fan of this kind of homogenization and and gathering up of all the content and trying to see if you can create local when when you really can't. Uh, I'm not I'm not mm -hmm. as optimistic about this as I think you are, Asif. Okay. Yeah, it's okay though. It's a big deal. Two point two point something billion dollars. Twenty one stations. Um, mm. And it adds a billion dollars of revenue, and it diversifies uh, Gannett's revenue quite considerably. And it, as you said, it, it's a it's a competitive uh, world out there, and uh, and this is probably what they had to do. We'll see what. Well, I'm going to be watching this because we saw it up here in Canada. Okay, what uh, our fourth story? Let's talk about this company, Tread Man. Tread. This is a cool story. See if I'll let you explain this one. Okay. <laughs> well, I only get the cool ones. Well, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, they're, they're okay. all cool, but this is. I mean, this is something that all of us have gone through, right? Which is the the yeah. uh, you know we've gone out and test drive drove a car before you and I have done that before yes. yeah yeah so this is uh, you know uh, another great startup uh, coming out of Seattle yet another reason why the LVMA has a chapter in Seattle um, and uh, so Tread is uh, they, they're describing it as the Uber for car test drive and uh, basically what these guys have set up is you know when you, when you're in the in the car shopping mode, um, apparently the average consu uh, customer 
when they're when they're uh, searching for a car, spends 11.5 hours shopping for cars. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of visiting dealerships. That's a lot of haggling with people and salespeople, and it's a lot of time. And so these guys have basically set out to reduce that amount of time, reduce the frustration levels. You know, just just make this process easier. And so the what what they do is is they set up a service where you know you you basically go onto the system and you select the cars that you want. Uh, and they will bring a car to uh, to any location you want, and uh, you can have two cars at, at a time. And uh, for a, a flat fee of nineteen dollars, you get a one-hour uh, test drive. And you know a, a tread uh, expert comes out with it. They've been fully trained in every car company and every car, so they know exactly you know how to how to walk you through all this. But you're getting it on on your on your where on your time and where you want to do it. Um, and and it's all for a flat fee. I mean, I, I think this makes a lot of sense, actually. Um, you know, I would use this, uh, quite frankly. You know, if I was out car shopping, I don't I don't have time. You know, I'm barely in the country as it is, like at home. I'm on the road all the time. I don't have time to go out and visit 15 car dealerships to decide what car I want. Is that really the the challenge? Like, you know, I am. Um, uh, you know, when I when I bought a car, it's always kind of uh, I, I bought a Jeep. Like I knew I was going to get a Jeep. My first car that I ever bought was going to be yeah. a Jeep, and then I stayed in the Jeep family until it became. It, it, they stopped looking like Jeeps, and then I went out looking, and uh, and and then I knew that I was going to be a Mazda guy, right? Uh, because uh, I drive a CX nine, and that was that was my. Uh, I knew it was going to be a Mazda guy because I had twins, right? So um, I, I like this service, and especially when I'm trying to dabble, I'm trying to figure out what my next buy is. Um, Nineteen bucks yeah. a pop might seem expensive if you're doing three or four or five. Right, so it's a hundred bucks to, to you know test yeah, drive five yeah. cars, but you get that expert, and that expert comes with you. He can answer, he or she can answer all the questions that you have about the car, the you know everything that you you're afraid to ask the sales dealer or sales the sales guy at the dealer. This person, in a non-threatening way, you do a fifteen mile test drive with these guys, and I think it. I you can ask the questions. I think it's great, but it, so when you take that into consideration, that nineteen dollars is cheap. It's not a big, you know. It's worth it, I think. I mean, it's it, it's the value of time and it's the value of of that knowledge and you doing all that research and going online and do. You know what? Just have one of these guys come out for nineteen bucks yeah. and tell you, give you the scoop and let you try it out. Well, I would do that. And the thing that I really love about this at the end, if you decide, listen, I want to buy that Jeep Grand Cherokee. That's the one that I want. I love it. I've test driven five cars. Is that then that uh, the the tread guy who is the uh, expert will hand you a price. And a dealer and say go to this dealer with this piece of paper and you will get this price it's no haggling it's no garbage it's no like taking the offer into the sales manager's office and seeing if they can negotiate on your behalf and coming back and saying oh my god i got it. i got the great deal for you this is a no haggle price here it is and i think that that in itself is worth the 19 dollars where you don't have to go through that garbage with the sales guys uh you know that whole uh charade that they put on so that that to me is the biggest benefit and from a dealer standpoint it really is this is it's a very competitive world i mean in ottawa it's a million people in my city and we have what 500 car dealers and this is a very competitive world and i think that this is this is what you need to be able to do this is the service layer that is missing i think it's very unique i like this i like this Tread.com, T-R-E-D.com. Very cool. That's I, I like that. There you go. All right, Asif, what if I told you that you were going to get internet from a balloon 20 miles above you, kind of circulating the earth? First of all, I wouldn't have believed it, but uh, but I, I, I do now. Um, I still and, don't believe uh, it. I still don't believe it. I, I, like, I think that what this is like... This is one of these things that Google is going to come out in, in like in you know a month and say, 
Gotcha. But this this is really this is called Project Loon by Google. It's credible. It's it's covered in every newspaper, every digital media outlet. Google is putting balloons in space to give you inter not you and I, but to help get the other five billion people who don't have broadband internet online. It's crazy. Who are these guys? <laughs> it's they as we were talking about beforehand. They get just they got too much money. Yes. And they got uh, you know some great minds, and they come up with some interesting things. And and this is about bringing all those all all those places on the planet uh, that uh, you know aren't connected yet connected. Why? Because you know the more people that are connected, the more money Google makes. Yes. Uh, at the end of the day, right? You know, if I don't have internet right now, I can't search. Well, I, I can't. Right? I can't be served so, an ad. So I if I can give you internet, if I can give you internet, then you can search. This is this is Google. Taking a, a page out of the old Gillette playbook, which is, I'll give you a razor, but guess what, guys? You're going to buy cartridges, and you're going to buy blades, and that's where we're going to make all our money. This, that's what this is right here. Uh -huh. So this this is so fascinating. So the idea is that they're going to take they're they're going to take a, um, a balloon. It's a 15 meters wide uh, by 12 meters high. It's solar powered, and basically it becomes a. Um, uh, uh, it, and they put it up 20 miles into the atmosphere, basically uh, right into suborbit, and uh, and it uh, follows a, a jet stream that basically it's it's above weather, it's above the flight pattern, it's where the weather balloons are right now, where they're launching weather balloons, um, and it basically follows a flight pattern that is a uh, predictable flight pattern that they can adjust the uh, um, the height. Uh, of the balloon to decide whether it's going, uh, you know, basically uh, to keep it stationary. So the, the, this is a mesh network across. Uh, they're doing this in New Zealand, a mesh network across New Zealand with, uh, I think there's uh, 30 balloons that are up there right now that are, that are being launched. And basically it's a relay that you have uh, a receiver like a, a satellite on your home. And then it basically goes up to the to the uh, to the balloon, the balloon relays it across the uh, the other balloons and hits a hits the ISP and bounces the signal back. And apparently, it's three G uh, speeds. Uh, this is only Google, man. Inventors of the you know driverless car and Google Glass could come up with this, and it is so freaking inspiring that they do these things, right? I, I, I love it. I mean, I you know, I, kudos to them for for pushing the boundaries all the time. And coming up with great, great ways to you know make the planet better in some respects, um, you know, and and push technology out there. At the end of the day, you know, they're still trying to make a buck, and you know, by bringing everybody into their into their ecosystem, and th this is another way to do it. You know, it, it does provide a valuable service, uh, you know, to a part of the world that you know I think you know by being connected, there's lots of other things that come from it. You know, educational opportunities and you know just helping people you know from you know uh, you know demographic situations you know elevate themselves uh, up uh, up and and create more opportunities I mean there's a lot of good that can come out of this but at the end of the day it's about more people being able to search yeah they're they're a commercial entity and they believe that yeah, exactly that that more people online means more business for them eventually and it's always been their mandate to connect everybody to get everybody access to the internet because it raises their their ability now i my my thing about this is look you know what uh, their goal is to connect the 5 billion people that don't have broadband internet. And I, I wonder if we're past that point, and hear me out on this, is that, uh, you know, at some point, uh, you, you know, the, the, the desktop internet has been 
crushed by mobile internet, the access of uh, you know connectivity through smart devices or through just through feature phones. And developing nations, emerging economies like Africa and India and China and you name it, um, they are already past this whole broadband desktop stuff, right? We got fat with this, we got stuck on the fat screen, and uh, we have a hard time transitioning. But when you look at Africa and mobile banking, for example, through feature phones, and India and mobile banking through feature phones, and, and uh, you know, certainly in the Far East and Japan, it was a, a, the, the impact of, of mobile has been felt for far longer and far greater time than, than we have in North America. So I wonder if you're putting these these balloons up there to give broadband access to every household uh, that doesn't have it before. And I wonder if they're past that. And are you bringing them back to 1999 by doing that? Uh, are they are you working in reverse just so that you can sell ads? And I, so I, I wonder what the implication of broadband connectivity to a desktop. It's one thing to bring it to them and cover that last mile for sub-Saharan Africa. But uh, do they have the connectivity, the capabilities, the devices that will actually be receptive to that? Or is this just a uh, an experiment to see you know, what the impact is? I don't know if those 5 billion people want broadband connectivity to their homes when they're carrying it on their on themselves right now. And they're far advanced in, in the use of this than, than we are in North America. So Yeah, I, I mean, quite frankly, I, I completely hear you. Uh, I think, in general, I think there's there, there's a need and there's a desire within a lot of these markets to be to be connected, but I think there's a lot of other problems to solve. Like you know, like I think some of these guys just want to eat, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, they want they just need food and clothing and shelter. You know, in, in in a lot of these markets, more so than they need to be connected to the internet. But yeah? the whole idea is that but, maybe Google could serve them ads for Pizza Pizza. Yeah. Yes. No. Yes. It, it doesn't go. work. Anyways, this is this is an inspiring project. It's thinking a way, way, way out there. That instead of trying to run cables and beam things off of satellites, let's use let's use something simple as a as a balloon and uh, solar power and a relay station and a true mesh network to get broadband internet to uh, to places where you just couldn't before. And I think there's maybe there's an opportunity here for for Google to enhance their mapping services as a result of this, and and um, and and dig deeper in 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 that side. But it's it's just so unique and it's inspiring. And and uh, I'll link up a bunch of places where you can follow this if you're interested. Certainly Google Plus. That's uh, that's where they're posting a lot of photos and inspiring words. And it, it uh, you know this is one thing that I can't. Um, I, I, this is where I appreciate Google and they're just the engineers and the minds that they have there is just astounding. It's amazing. It's amazing. So Google's Project Loon. Very cool. All right. Those are the five stories. We have uh, our guest coming up, which is Mike Susi. And then, of course, you got to come back after that for the resource of the week. Um, so we're going to just finish this off with with Mike. Uh, I had a great opportunity to sit down with Mike. This is a very unique company. Uh, you know, the technology that they're working on is the Unifier. So re it's a company called Revolve, and Revolve uh, is trying to unify all of these new connected uh, devices that we're going to have in our home. So we're talking about Hue, we're talking about uh, Sonos, all these different uh, devices that you can actually have. They have their own app that allows you to uh, interact with them through through the app. So that you know, the apps that open up your doors and unlock your doors or open up your garage door. I think the thing that nobody wants is 40 apps to manage their house, temperature, all those kind of things, right? So uh, what, what Revolve is doing is creating a little hub that everything plugs into virtually over the, your own internal Wi-Fi network, gives you one unified uh, application on the device, and then it becomes a smart application. And here, this is Mike describing how he uses this technology today in his house as he's driving home Literally driving home from his office and what happens as a result of location, 
I'm, he reaches a, he breaches this area, which is about two miles from his home. And what happens from that point forward? It is uh, this is the future for sure. And I love this company. I love what they're doing. So here is Mike Susi, the co-founder of Revolve. And uh, as I said, Revolve unifies your smart home uh, with on your smartphone. So here's Mike. Really evaluated the business. We started to look at the competition in the field. Where everything from managed service providers, like you're talking about, that. The major focus has been on security for a lot of these bigger companies. Yeah. It's, a, it's of a big concern for a lot of people, and it's been successful in the past, so people naturally go to that vertical or, or kind of address that space, and they tap into the kind of the fear aspect of, of, of that. But it's, it's, it's competitive, and people are already addressing it. So when we look at, from a marketing perspective, you know, you look at your positioning, which is your differentiator in the marketplace. We went through a whole process to say, what is our competition doing? What are they saying they're doing? What verbiage, you know, comfort, convenience, control, or security, or surveillance, right? Those are all words that we were using, too, mm -hmm. at the beginning. But then we realized, how are we going to stand out? We're not. But then we realized that the market is still young, but what's really being sold that people are loving, uh, it's the Sonos. It's the Philips Hue app. It's the, you know, oh, yeah. Nest. These exciting, fun uh, lifestyle brands that are connecting, not necessarily traditional home automation and we're starting to see more of these lifestyle cool connected emotionally connected brands and so we said our differentiator is going to be to unify those from the beginning not to say we won't you won't be able to add a camera to our system you know and again it's about uh, enabling the user with all the devices out there about um, their use case or you know we call them life stories you know recipes experiences whatever you want to call those things but uh, but it was an interesting process to find out what what our market you know how we were going to approach the market and clearly um, there's a segment of early adopters that are getting the cool connected devices and they're emotionally connected with them and we're already seeing so much so for instance I love this because we already have it working our hub uses what's called geosense okay when I leave my house every day my locks uh, lock down my house all my lights turn off and it, it just does it automatically and I get a little alert about a half mile away from my home saying we just locked down your house when I come home and it's cool because I'm an alpha user. I'm so excited yeah. about it. When I come home, do you, get that, do you kind of get that like that great feeling, like woo every time it happens? I do. And my wife's like, "We're the first one ever to use it." I'm like, "Yeah, like we're we're kind of," and and I do it because I get these alerts on my phone, right? So so coming home, the opposite occurs is it 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 changes my thermostat uh, on the way home to make sure that it's comfortable because again, it's summer. You know, we like to not turn it on the AC until we're a little bit, you know, closer to home. So it'll automatically do that. When I turn the corner, you know, if it's at night, it'll turn on my my porch light. And literally, though, three other things happen. My doors unlock, my sono starts playing, and my lights turn on to greet me. And I can set that up into a mood. So we're oh, really with this it's not just one day we'll get there it's happening and it's with the cool off-the-shelf brands that I'm used to buying not some walled garden stuff that I have to call AT&T and it's cheap plastic that I don't you know it doesn't go with my decor it's stuff that I'm already using so you you're know? unifying it I love that like I mean if only you could open the door and have trumpets blurring when you walk in right I think that's everybody needs their own theme trumpets so we'll just start playing that right <laughs> Mike Susi and Revolve. Check out Revolve. Now that's Revolve without the E. R E V O L V dot com. They're uh, right now. They're in uh, beta mode. They're going to be launching the product uh, in the fall. But it's a very unique company, a very unique offering. And uh, as you can see, I, like I get excited about this stuff because home automation not really exciting, but 
automated home automation to see if that is what I'm really excited about. I love these applications that just do stuff without me interacting with them. Like as, as you said, like he yeah. pulls up to his house, it kicks on in the, uh, you know, the air conditioning opens up his garage door, opens up his house, turns on his light, starts playing music. I love it. Anyway, it's like you, you need uh, I want trumpets when I come home. Anyway. So that's, uh, that's Mike, Mike Susi. Thank you so much for being a part of Untether.tv and thanks for letting us use that clip on this week in location based market days. Go to revolve, R-E-V-O-L-V.com and you can sign up for a beta or trial. All right, we got one last piece of business, our resource of the week. And as we alluded to at the very beginning, we talked about tread. We talked about the connected home. Now let's talk about what, what the connected car. Connected, connected car. car. Uh, yeah, this that uh, that you and I have been talking about for a little while now. Slightly. Uh, um, you know, quite a few episodes over the last uh, six months or so. I think we we've covered the car. Um, you know, it, it's a big market, and, and uh, we we know that uh, you know every car company right now is is working with carriers, working with. Uh, hardware providers and you know equipping cars with you know Wi-Fi and and cellular connectivity in, in you know making it a connected car. The uh, market. Uh, so so this this little uh, study here. This is a study that came out from a group called Group uh, Group Special Mobile Association, uh, which is the um, uh, I, I basically a group that's 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 focused on t uh, telematics and and. Um, mobile connectivity uh, from that perspective and the key stat here is is that they're expecting that uh, the revenue from uh, connected car activity uh, around mobile uh, is going to triple by 2018 uh, to 53.62 billion dollars that's that's what they're sizing this market at that's a pretty big number I mean you know, and that and that's you know traffic that's stuff like ways going in you know into Google Maps into into car navigation systems that's call center stuff that's uh, entertainment you know, mobile web applications uh, entertainment yeah I mean there, there's a lot a lot going on here yeah well, you know it, it doesn't surprise me at all it, this is just validation of what we've been talking about is that you know you spend so much time in your car. Um, and you, we saw this in the early days of, uh, you know, DVDs and cars and screens that come down and connectivity for um, uh, your gaming consoles and cars and then the ability to hook up this in cars. And then you started to see this with pieces like Siri integration right into cars. Right. And, and so it's only a matter of time before these services start to enhance. And, and uh, fifty three billion dollars seems seems great. But I mean, that's just services that are being brought into the cars. You're talking about the opportunity to then leverage the car as the moving uh, as a moving vehicle and uh, and putting a local spin on that and driving business to restaurants and theaters and and whatever it is that wherever you're going gas stations and so the impact of a car is basically you're you're roaming uh, you're roaming around looking for stuff ultimately because that's what a car is it's a destination vehicle so I think that this is not this is not unique if you've been listening to this but it just validates it that this is a huge market and the dashboard is going to be a killer place to be because you've got a captive audience when you're in a car very cool. Can't say much more than that. All right. Five stories, one guest, one resource. Uh, boy, we talked about the app, Instagram for video, and uh, certainly we got a summary from Asif in his Singaporean travels. Now he's heading off to China in the morning and uh, can't wait to connect next week to figure out how that went. First of all, if they let you in the country. Second of all, what, what, what your stay was like that. And then you're flying from uh, China to uh, the, the bustling metropolis of Minneapolis, right? 
That is correct. Minneapolis, it is. Yes. So, where, is that where you're going to be next week, in Minneapolis? I will be in Minneapolis. Uh, no, I'll be back in Toronto by the time we're doing the show right. again. So we'll get a full we'll get a full summary of of Asif's thirty eight hours on a plane. Right? Is that about right from uh, China to Minneapolis? That's about right. That's about right. Yeah. Uh, just uh, are you circum enjoyable as my life is? Yes, I spend it all on a plane. Oh, exactly. It's like four hours in one location, thirty six hours on a plane, four hours in another location, nine hours on a plane. But are you actually going? So you're in Singapore. You're going up to China. Are you actually going around around the Pacific this time, or are you coming back? No, it's it, it's it's uh, it's back across the Atlantic. Oh my God! You know, <laughs> see that is brutal, man. Yeah. Yes. What you need is uh, we need uh, space travel. That's what we need, so that you can just come up and land in an hour from wherever you are. But you can be sure that we'll get a summary of this. We'll get it from Asif uh, when he gets back to Toronto next week of his uh, China and Minneapolis trip. And it's been it's interesting. I think I should hop on one of those balloons. I think so. It might be a little chilly. 20 miles up, that's fine. All right. Yeah. Asif, safe travels, man. And uh, we will see you back in Toronto next week for episode number 136. For those of you who are watching or listening, thank you so much. If you have any feedback or you have a suggestion for the show, reach out. Do it by voice. Untether.tv forward slash talk. We will take that into consideration. If you, But you can reach out anywhere, just like uh, Tom Tierney did. Please do so at your will. Let us know how we're doing. We appreciate it. And don't forget to subscribe to our iTunes or uh, any kind of RSS feed for the podcast. And you'll get it ahead of everybody else. Ahead of everybody. So be smarter for everybody for at least an hour is what I say. So until next time, we'll see you on the next episode of This Week in Location-Based Marketing. Safe, safe travels. Thanks. See you later, everybody.